So today is week four of our Lent journey looking at Abraham. Now, don't worry if you're a visitor with us today or you haven't heard any of the previous weeks or you switched off or any of that because um, just a very brief recap. We've heard on how Abraham was called by God and he was told to leave where he was and begin a journey traveling, following God's leading. And as Christians, we believe that's what we should do. We should follow God's leading, but especially as a church at the moment, we feel we've got a sort of a real focus on that following what God's telling us to do about our present, but also our future and about following God's leading. Then next, we saw God expand on the promise he gave Abraham regarding that him going to be the father of a great nation, even though then, even when he was called, he was very old. And then last week, we saw visitors give Abraham the news to uh, give Abraham the news that his wife Sarah was going to have a baby, even though they thought that this would be impossible due to her age. But as well as being part of the service and part of the series, I've also been asked to link it to Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. And a son once asked his dad if he knew the difference between a pack of cookies and a herd of elephants. And the dad thought for ages and said, no. The son then said, well, it's a good job mum does the shopping then. (laughs) Now, here are a few thoughts. A toddler can do more in one unsupervised minute than most of us can do in a day. Is that true? Yeah. Silence is golden until you have kids then it's suspicious. (laughs) And a police recruit was asked during an exam, what would you do? Because they really wanted to test their integrity. What would you do if you had to arrest your own mother? He said, call for backup. (laughs) Now on the screen, we're celebrating Mother's Day, and on the screen you'll see amazing news. Because in Abraham's journey, the thing that they didn't think possible, the thing that they longed for, the thing that God promised, happened. The birth of Isaac. Sarah had a child when Abraham was 100. And as you can see on the screen, this is amazing, fantastic news. And over the 30-odd years that Abraham had journeyed, The thing that maybe he thought wasn't going to happen, happened. Some massive celebration happening. And it's fantastic testament to God's goodness and promise keeping. And it shows us God's power and God's faithfulness. Because we believe as a church that God is powerful. Mm. Don't we? Mm. Yep. And we also believe God is faithful, don't we? Mm. However, in the midst of this amazing news... There is something else afoot. Remember, and hopefully, you know, we've challenged you to not just listen to the parts of the story we say on a Sunday, but journey yourselves, read between. And actually, there was something else afoot because remember, Sarah and Abraham got a bit impatient waiting for the promised child. So Abraham was set up with a servant and he had a child called Ishmael. And he grew up as Abraham's heir and then grew up through childhood and age around 14, along came Isaac. So let's see what happened. And the part of this chapter is called Hagar and Ishmael sent away. And it's 
uh, chapter 21 of Genesis. So reading from verse 8. The child grew, this is Isaac, and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah soon saw that who, the son that Hagar, the Egyptian, had born to Abraham, was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, don't be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to what Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave into a nation also, because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then set her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his, wife, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. Goodness, Phil, this is a bit of a downer for Mother's Day, isn't it? Just cheer us up with a story of how Abraham followed God and everything turned out brilliant, and we'll be on our way and eat some lovely slash scones slash scone. Because I know scones slash scones or scone or whatever, whatever we say. But actually, sometimes the Bible isn't comfortable reading. Not everything we read in the Bible is neatly tied up with a bow. We see how Abraham follows his calling, but at times he gets it wrong. And we also see characters who end up in this story seem they seem to get the raw deal. Think about Eliezer of Damascus, who is going to inherit his thing. Poor Eliezer. We don't hear much of him. He didn't inherit because then Abraham was able to have offspring. And there are a number of these people who seem, well... They seem bit part players, but actually, does things all seem to go right for them? And as we navigate life, we can see that things don't always seem to be fair. It would be wonderful, wouldn't it, if we lived in a world where life is simple and everyone lives happily ever after. Imagine living your life with no problems to solve, no struggles with finances. Divorce is never mentioned because it doesn't exist. Disease is not an issue because our bodies are in perfect health. Imagine every home be surrounded with a white picket fence where life is full of joy and fun. Think about how wonderful it would be to wake up every morning with new energy to face every day because you know nothing's going to go wrong and everything's going to fall into place. Yesterday I was like that. The Villa won 3-0. They beat Bournemouth, which some lesser teams seem to find quite difficult. Kev? Karen, but beat them really easily. 
skipping along. All I had to do was pick up a few things for today, send off the PowerPoint for tomorrow. Wonderful. Had an extra celebration McDonald's in, uh, before I got to my car because Villa did so well. Got to the car, didn't find my key. It's what our house group called doing a Jean Lavender because she's done a very similar thing. Couldn't find my key, so then the next few hours are going back home in a taxi, getting the key, going back. And all the things where you think, oh, life is brilliant, it just doesn't happen. And we know that it isn't a case where everything seems to be as in the fairy tales, where we're going to live happily ever after. And we know today that for many, it might not be extremely happy as Mothering Sunday or Mother's Day, because of experience regarding motherhood that may be painful. And today's story shows us that sort of pain, how it feels to be the other person in the story. That other who, unlike Abraham, isn't feeling everything's hunky-dory, isn't having the celebration, they're not feeling blessed, and they're wondering what on earth is going to happen next. We all enjoy watching the Olympics, or a lot of us do. I know some of you are miserable, but we do, don't we? And we see the winners on the podium getting their medals. And we go, yeah, aren't they brilliant? Especially if they're the country that we support. But behind the scenes, we forget there are years of pain and struggle going up to those moments of joy. We forget, don't we, the gruelling daily workouts. Maybe we watch an hour documentary and we think, oh, they've done a lot there. But for them, it's day in, day out. Maybe they didn't feel like practising, but they had to. Because they were going for that ultimate joy and they needed to endure the pain. And in the story, we even see with Abraham, there are lots of these winning moments. But actually, for many of his years and for Sarah's years, there was pain involved. But here with Hagar, we see real pain as she's driven out, driven out from where she's been for many years, where her child has grown up. Maybe she's been so proud of her child being Abraham's son, and then suddenly off she goes. And the life of faith can yield real joy, but the path can often be through real pain. And some of you today would say, actually, I can say I'm that other. I'm the person who's going through painful trials. You may be confused, disappointed, grieving. Maybe you didn't expect the Christian life to be like this. Maybe you don't really understand what God's doing or you're not sure. Hagar, the servant girl, seemed to do what she was told. We see in chapter 16 yet, there was some friction between her and Sarah and she seemed to despise Sarah at one point. But actually she was following what her master and mistress asked us to do. And the Bible says that the teenage Ishmael was mocking his younger brother. Now 14 year olds are known for mocking, aren't they? Like, I remember, I was probably a bit younger than that. Me and my brother, we were a bit middle class. We weren't like mocking people like outside and being like real hooligans. We used to mock at home the optician. Yeah. Any opticians in today? No, because if they were, I'd tell them to back off. They get far too close, don't they? But our optician used to have this very sing-song voice. And she used to go, which is better, first 
or second? Second or first? Which is better? Better or worse? And it was like this sort of poem as she's right in your face and you sort of, it's almost in the jungle book where the snake is hypnotising and you're like, oh, oh, oh. So we used to at home walk around go, better or worse? Then my mum told her. That was an uncomfortable optician's appointment. You know, we go, mothers are gentle and kind. Happy Mothering Sunday. She told her, I've never had those specks jammed on my face with force. And I'm sure she added extra lenses just to sort of crush me. And even there, like, I wasn't sent out the opticians or anything. But sometimes you think, well, hang on, he was mocking. Was that so bad? Some scholars actually think the mocking that Ishmael was doing was quite fruity, rather than just sort of saying that um, Isaac had a big nose or wonky ears or things like that. But anyway, because we don't really know the detail of what the mocking was, Hagar and Ishmael, now getting sent out to the family setup they've been in for many years, seems unjust. And even more, God rubber stamps this in verse 12. He says, this is going to happen to Abraham. Now, Hagar, does, Hagar doesn't know or realise there's a plan. Again, in verse 16, she's been told when she ran away, because it all got too much when she was carrying Ishmael, she was told that you will have descendants. She was almost given her own Abrahamic promise. But as she is sent out here, the Bible passage gives us no reason to believe that she was told that there would all the things that Abraham was told by God there. Wouldn't it be brilliant if we knew the big picture? Wouldn't it be brilliant if we knew God's full plan, the final page, the end result? And obviously in the Bible, we see what's going to happen at the end of times and things there and what happens through Jesus, what he did on the cross. But often for the things we're going through where we feel like that other we would just think, wouldn't it be marvellous if we could skip the pain, the longing, the tears and the unknowing? And I bet Hagar would have said that. But look, as she is cast out, as she is this other person, the person of this story who isn't going right for, as she is weary, as she is at her wit's end and thinks it's the end for her and her teenage son, Remember, she went that bow distance away, so she didn't have to watch him die. So it is serious here. God says this. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand for I will make him into a great nation. And there are two amazing words here. God heard. God heard the ones who felt out of it. And God didn't just hear there, he hears today. The ones who are others in the story, the bit players, the spares, the outcast. God hears us. God hears you. And this is layered on that in chapter 16, that when she ran away and God spoke to her, she saw or she said that God is the one who sees. So Hagar can testify that God is the one who sees 
And we see here that God is the one who hears. And it isn't just for Hagar, it's for us today. But he didn't just hear Hagar. He didn't just see Hagar. When she got to empty and had nothing left in the tank, she had no water, either physically or metaphorically, because if you see, if you remember, that Abraham sent him off with water and some food, but none was left. Well, what did then God provide? We see a well. The water she had from Abraham had run out, but when she thinks it's all over, there's nothing left, and obviously, we imagine she'd scanned everywhere. She'd been frantically looking. But after that encounter with God, suddenly she sees a well of provision. The other was provided for. There's a story about a poor woman from the slums of London that was invited by some friends to go with them to the ocean. She'd never been out of London and never seen the ocean or the seas. And when she saw it, she broke out in tears. They asked her why she was crying, and she pointed out to the ocean and said, this is the only thing I've seen that there was enough of, because so much water there, something plenty that she's never seen. God gave Hagar a well when she needed it. God can give us wells that is enough for you, enough for us, and help us. He can provide when we need. We read in Psalm 84, 6, who passing through the back valley of Bacar make it to a well? The rain also filleth the pools. So we've thought about us and maybe how we can feel as that other, as the bit part player in the story, the things who maybe things aren't going well for, maybe not in the in crowd, maybe struggling in a church even and going, I don't know quite how I fit. But as well as happy Mother's Day today, want to say happy Others Day. So you couldn't do that with Mothering Sunday. That's why I had to say it as Mother's Day, you see. So you know where I was going. And also, I couldn't cut that off as easily the other way. But think about Others Day. Who are the others? Who does God see as others? Who do we, as God's church, have to think of as those others that we are called to be there for. And we know many people may feel that way. Maybe it's just they don't know the songs. Maybe it's because they don't quite know protocol. Or maybe feeling there are lots of things in their life, life choices or how life's set up, that that's a barrier being part of the in crowd. How do we see the others? We want to be, and part of this journey, this Abrahamic journey we're going on, is that we've been told that we're to be a community with Jesus at the centre. We don't need a building or loads of um, equipment to do that. We can just do that where we are. Buildings are great, and we think that uh, we believe for uh, on the land, uh, a temporary building and a, a, a long-term building. But actually, we can be a community with Jesus at the centre in many different places. We can look after the other. We can hear the cry of the other. And we can be Jesus' hands and feet in the world. How do we show love to people who maybe just be out of sorts? Remember, many of Jesus' key teachings were how to treat others. Not just those we love and in a happy family or a friend unit, 
but those who may be marginalised, mistreated and misrepresented. Yesterday, we went on a prayer walk around Allenwell. It was great to see many with us. But again, as we were praying, just thinking of, we just seen lots of doors, not seeing many people out because it was quite early, but so many people represented there. What are they feeling? How do they maybe feel on the edges? In Mothering Sunday, or I can call it that now, Mothering Sunday, people, often kids and dads, do tasks they might not normally do. And then breathe a sigh of relief when they've done it for the first time and the last time that year. And I'm cooking Sunday lunch today. Who normally cooks Sunday lunch? Oh my life, the things you have to do to chickens. Oh, flipping it. But sometimes we just do things one off and then feel, oh, that's done. But ask God to guide you how you can share his heart for others and see what following his heart, his will, and seeing other people, how he sees them, what that does in your life. Now today, I don't believe we've got a prayer ministry team because they don't pray when there's scones on offer. <laughs> but if you want to pray because either you feel that you're that other person or actually you've got a real heart for others, There'll be people around, people who you come with, people who you know. They're sure to want to pray with you. See Joe, Rachel, one of the leaders. They'll point you in someone's direction or pray with you. Because if you feel like the other, you may need strength. You may need to know that God's seen you, heard you, and has that well for you, that provision. Maybe you need help to minister to those who feel out of it. Maybe you've got a real heart, but you don't know what to do. Or you've been doing that, and it's been getting frustrating. Let's pray that together. And band, if you can come up, please. Let's stand as we pray this. We're going to pray the prayer. We pray in Lectio 365. If you know that, I'll pray it. But just really pray these words about how we can live that life to the full. So, Father, help us live this life, this week to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to love the lost, love those who are marginalised, love those who just feel out of it, and proclaiming Christ in all I do and say, Amen. Amen. Next week, we're going to look at the choice when Abraham's comfortable life is interrupted by God asking him to sacrifice what he holds dearest.